expert insight, clear analysis, strategy in action. Welcome to the CEO to CEO podcast, featuring the world's top CEOs. The podcast will welcome honest conversations meant to challenge traditional ways of thinking from fellow global industry leaders. This podcast will also explore the intricate world of M&A from an insider's perspective. M&A is a big deal, one in which you can drive the future of your business, your industry, and even the trajectory of the marketplace. This podcast is hosted by Kevin Campbell, CEO of Synity. Synity is a global enterprise data solution provider specializing in data operations and data transformation. Kevin is a global champion in data and has served as the former Group Chief Executive Officer at Accenture and COO of Oscar Insurance Corporation. This week's guest is Mike Maiolo, CEO of Rising. He has over 20 years of experience with manufacturing companies and enterprise asset management consulting services. Prior to his current role, Mr. Maiolo was the CEO of Vesta, a rising company, which is now Rising's EAM division. Welcome to this week's CEO to CEO podcast. This week, we're very fortunate to have with us Mike Maiolo, who is the CEO of Rising. So Mike, welcome to the show. Kevin, it's an honor to be here. Thank you very much. How about if we start out, Mike, with you telling us a little bit about your career uh, and how you got to Rising? All right, that's a great question. So I'd say it's sort of um, a couple different chapters. Uh, right out of college, I joined the paper industry, paper manufacturing, and spent the first 10 years um, working in various positions in manufacturing and sales. Ended up the last job I had, I was the business lead for a technology implementation, and I said, hmm, this is interesting, might be the next career. So actually, uh, Rising is my second startup. The first one was in the IBM Maximo space, and then uh, came to Rising as I started the EAM line of business that was originally Vesta Partners. Why don't you uh, tell for our audience, for people who might not know right away what EAM is, why don't you tell us what it is and, uh, and what advantages that, that Vesta Partners and now Rising bring? Probably a good segue into the three lines of business that Rising has and tell a quick overview story there. So EAM is Enterprise Asset Management. It's um, people use SAP, uh, Enterprise Asset Management, to take care of their capital assets. So whether you're a utility, a transportation company like a rail, um, oil and gas, or, or just a, a discrete manufacturer, you use SAP EAM to take care of uh, and maintain your capital assets. The uh, second line of business, which is HCM, a similar approach, although they're human capital assets. And uh, that's where we implement success factors and help our customers get uh, value out of the SAP HCM portfolio. And then the last piece and big growing one for Rising is our consumer industries focus, uh, which is really using SAP for retail um, and digital supply chain. Which of those three was first in the rising portfolio or did they all come together at the same time? So that's a great question. It, it ultimately tells the story of how rising became rising. Um, so I had started Vesta Partners along with uh, Carl Graves, who's now the president at, at rising. And we actually joined forces with the other two lines of business through a private, private equity investment. Um, so Bunker Hill Capital out of Boston brought together Inspro, who was the original Success Factors piece of the company, along with Inspro that became the consumer industries piece. Vesta was the third piece. 
And as the three came together, we wanted to simplify our go-to-market under a common brand. And that's where the, the uh, name Rising was introduced. And you guys have had quite a bit of success over the time frame. It's, has it been two or more years since it's Rising? I guess it's been about three, a little over three years since we branded and brought together the, uh, the, the consolidated approach under one brand. And it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And what's the glue that holds the, the three different lines of business together? Yeah, that's a great question. People ask all the time. And Kevin, I think to me, it's a couple different things. Um, there are a lot of similarities in the way people want to work together. Uh, they, they all like to think of themselves and rising as a big boutique. And you think about what's really behind that. You know, in a boutique, what you have is high-end, sort of best of breed, um, deep domain expertise around a certain area of business. For us, it's the three that we chose around SAP. And then with scale, because now, you know, with the over 1,250 employees and, and a global reach, we kind of think we bring a little bit of the boutique focus and a little bit of scale together in, in sort of one package. And, and then the last piece is people absolutely want to work hard to be best in their, in their field. So uh, they, they like the idea that we're focused experts. So if you come to Rising, you have three different lines of business where you can get a lot of training, a lot of development, a lot of certifications so that you can rise to the top of your field as an SAP consultant. And when Ryzen came together, is that when you became CEO or was it at a different point? Well, I was the CEO of Vesta Partners. And then when we uh, joined forces through the private equity investment, I became the CEO of the consolidated business unit at that time. Um, so now we're going back to around 2012. So I'm uh, always fascinated on how fellow CEOs learn and figure things out. So you know, you had a long experience, you know, in asset management, you know, started a company in that area. Now you all of a sudden got HR and consumer industries. How did you learn about those industries and what it took to be successful? Yeah, another great question, Kevin. And, you know, honestly, if you ask my team, they'd say I'm still learning. Uh, that my focus is to bring sort of a general management focus to the business. And, and I believe that you don't have to be an expert in each one of the pieces in order to bring together um, experts that surround you to grow the company. Uh, but honestly, jumping in with both feet, um, watching our teams deliver, engaging with clients, to me, um, to do it front and center is the best way to learn. And that's how, that's how I did it. And as we all know, you know, we're learning. As I tell my kids, 16 is the only time in life you think you know everything. The rest of life for me is a journey after 16 of realizing every day how little I know, right? And how much more I have to go. But that's what makes it exciting. Um, you recently completed an acquisition. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. And, and interestingly, I'll tell a story about the acquisition, its importance, how we're growing our consumer industries team. And then also where Synity plays an important part in that. Um, we saw huge opportunities of the three lines of business. The one that was still only in North America was our consumer industries team. Yep. Uh, working closely with the SAP uh, line of business people, they were constantly asking us, how do we take this really successful business and scale it for growth globally? And we just found a really perfect complement uh, in the company we acquired is a company called Attune. Um, based in Sri Lanka. They were part of a bigger manufacturing company. 
uh, management team was actually based in the Boston area. Um, but we have a huge opportunity now to grow alongside SAP. And the piece of CI that's really important in consumer industries is data is, a, is just a gi gigantic challenge for our big customers. And Kevin, as you know, that's one of the places where Rising and Synity come together so well, uh, bringing our focus on SAP, your focus on SAP, but your expertise in data. It's a nice compliment. Yeah, it is. And uh, as we know, data makes a huge difference in the success and the business results that people get out of whatever efforts they're, they're doing. And certainly in consumer, we've had some nice successes together. Awesome. When you're looking at an acquisition, right? And you know, you've got a private equity firm behind you. What are you, Mike, looking for in an acquisition? Are you and your leadership team looking for in a, an acquisition? Yeah, there's really a couple of dimensions, Kevin, to look at. You know, one, it has to be a business fit. You know, our, our mantra is we're all things SAP, but no things that are not SAP. Uh, so obviously it needs to be in the SAP environment. Um, but the second part is people that think the similar way that we do here at Rising. Yeah. You know, it, it's a challenging journey, as you know, growing companies like Synity and Rising. And if you bring together people of a similar culture that want to work hard and, and achieve the same kind of results together, you have a chance. So honestly, for us, it's a business fit and a tune is a nice complement, sort of an adjacency around our CI team. But the culture uh, and the way of uh, going about doing our business is very important to us, too, and a key part of what we look like. Great. Well, uh, what you've done some other, you know, combinations and acquisitions in your career. What do you think the keys to success? What would you tell your fellow CEOs who are trying to look at acquisitions or look at them? What do you think the keys to success are? Yeah, um, one, the back office integration is challenging, but we all can survive it. Mm -hmm. The really important piece that you've got to focus enough time and energy on is change management. When you're asking people who are successful in their own right in a boutique company to join forces with another company, even if they're tremendously excited about the opportunity, you have different people who are used to a certain way of doing things. And so focusing on change management explaining the vision for where we're trying to go and make sure you stay on top of that, uh, not just day one, but every day of the journey. I think that's the key to the successful accomplishment. Yeah. Well put. I mean, we talked to uh, Joe Tucci, who's done, you know, hundreds of millions, hundreds of billions of acquisitions. And he said the same thing, find people that think like you think, yep. right? Because otherwise life's too short, right? To try to get there. Yeah, so we're trying to find people to think like us, but don't look like me. So it's, we're getting a little picky, aren't we? <laughs> and, you know, the other thing I think is uh, acquisitions are hard because human nature is the two things we dislike are the way, thing, way things are today and any change, right? So, exactly. you know, it's, it's just human nature to work through there. Do you expect to continue to do more M&A with, uh, with Rising or do you want to do organic growth or how do you fe feel about balancing? I know you're private equity back, so they want it all, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so I hate to sound like a consultant, but the answer is a little of both. Um, we, we really want to achieve the gains that we had in mind when we went after the uh, now five acquisitions we've done. But honestly, we're still um, with our eyes wide open looking for opportunities that are out there. And there are some great companies that uh, through the pandemic had some capital challenges that 
that might be in a position to uh, be better off joining a bigger company like Rising. But organic growth is the main focus for now with an eye towards finding the right um, add-on piece, we would certainly consider it. My old boss, Bill Green, always said, never forget how to grow organically because too many companies get into that acquisition acquisitions without acquisitions are great to add to and expand. But, you know, the driving of uh, the organic growth, as you know, is important. Well, Kevin, think about it. If you look at the premise, the, the sort of the business case for why to do the acquisition, we said one plus one needs to equal three. Well, yeah. eventually you have to do the organic growth to get to the three. So even if you think about the organic growth as a follow-on step to bring the integration to bear from the uh, M&A activity, eventually organic growth has to be the main engine, and that's where we're focused. What's the future hold for Ryzen? Well, I think the future is really bright. Um, we picked a couple partners that uh, fit really well. SAP seems to be headed down the right path around their cloud vision. And we're really a big fan of the Rise with SAP movement. I think there's a lot of good that's coming of that. And then honestly, I think you look at what we're doing together as partners, there's just a huge opportunity for us to grow together uh, across the three lines of business. So I think we picked a good market, good partners. We have a, a great team and the future is very bright for growth. I would agree. I mean, we're excited about our partnership, but we're also excited for you and the growth that you guys see at, uh, at Rising. And as you know, we run into you all over the world, uh, which is the benefits of being global. Now, did you like Rise with SAP or do they owe you a royalty for using the Rise? Is that a playoff Rising or? Well, sometimes better to be lucky than good or smart. Uh, we, we certainly are playing off of it, Rise with Rising and Rise with SAP. Yeah. Uh, but we, we do like the premise behind it. It's a good program. I think there's a lot of value embedded in it for our clients. Um, but we think it's a great thing, both the name and the concept. One of my long-term mentors always said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Right? So I, I think that, that's Terry, write that down for me. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, so two questions I like to ask all of our guests, because um, I think it's important part of not forgetting how we got here but also in continuing for all of us to grow is who have been your mentors along the way? You know, that's a great question. Also a tough one. You know, I've had many business mentors over the years and just been very fortunate to have some really good bosses. But the simple answer for me is my dad. Um, hardworking guy, an Italian immigrant who left Italy with a vision to make his life better and his family's life better. Learned a lot from him and my mom. And honestly, um, every day I think about lessons learned as a kid. Uh, and so the easy answer is my dad and, and my mom, too. That's great. Uh, it gives you a good foundation to grow up in. But, and I also imagine you spend a fair amount of time mentoring, and people often ask me, so I'll ask you this question, which is, how do you find the time to do that with all the other things on your list? You don't find the time, you make the time. It has to be a priority. You know, I'm really proud of the fact that I've surrounded myself with a bunch of really capable, really smart um, people, but you have to take the time uh, to pick the people that want to be mentored and then have a lot more to offer when you spend the time with them. So, you know, Kevin, we're, every day is, has its challenges, but you just have to make the time. I think you know that, right? I think that's well put, right? And if and if I ever, you know, are, are struggling, I just remember all the help I got along the way and say, it's the least we could do. And nothing's more than rewarding to, than seeing people you worked with exceed what they thought was capable. 
I'm 100% with you on that one. Nothing more gratifying than see the people that took the chance on you to join the company and have achieved their own success. I think it's fabulous. What's the best career advice you've ever gotten? I had a boss uh, early in my career say, even if you are smart, let's assume you are for now and we'll debate it later, everyone works hard. So you have to work hard, but also find ways to work smart. So the concept of working smart wasn't intuitive to me, but I think it's some of the best advice I've ever got. You can always find ways to work harder, but you've got to find creative ways to be getting more out of the time you have and working smarter. Working smarter. I think that's a, a tremendous thing for all of us to be able to do. Most of us work too many hours. So uh, work and too many hours in front of the Zoom these days. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, working smarter is a good theme. And overall, um, I didn't ask, but I usually ask, they, how, how's your business done during COVID? You know, we'll never be satisfied enough to say fantastic, but I think that there, there are a lot of challenges and I'm really proud of the results we've generated. I think we're sort of at this coming out of the pandemic inflection point where all the hard work's about to turn uh, to the next level of success. So I think we, we survived well, is the way I'd put it, and positioned ourselves for the next phase of growth really well in the back end of the pandemic. And do you have any thoughts on the what people are calling the hybrid work or what's work going to be like in the future other than different? Yeah, well, first of all, guys like us that traveled all the time, um, for me, I'd like to find a middle ground. Like this business of being in my home office all the time is highly overrated. Uh, but I think we do, back to the working smart thing, need to figure out the right balance. And I think we've been preaching to our customers for a long time that being on site all the time is overrated. It's an expense that doesn't benefit anyone. Um, so I think that we will capitalize on what we've learned during the pandemic through necessity and make it part of regular. I think that we'll find the best of both worlds, be on site when it matters, and to work efficiently and remotely when we can. I agree with that. Uh, and I think the best figuring out a new way and what the right balance is, is what it's all about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We took too many trips that we didn't need to take. Sometimes there's nothing better than being in person. So uh, I, I would agree completely. And is it bad that I miss TSA? Uh, I mean, you're really desperate when you start missing the security lines. That, yeah, that's exactly right. All right, Mike Amalo, thank you for being on the uh, CEO to CEO podcast this week. It was great to have you on. And for our audience out there, tune in next week to hear another great CEO talk about their careers and their lessons learned. Thanks. Thank you for joining the CEO to CEO podcast. Join us next time as we uncover data strategies to support mergers, acquisitions, divestitures with the world's top CEOs.